0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly show of Classroom Without Walls. Uh, my name is I. I am the CEO of Classroom Without Wars and the host of this weekly live streaming show. You can also listen to us on the traditional audio-only podcast Just search classroom without walls. On this show, I interview leading social media marketers, digital marketers, entrepreneurs, business leaders to come here and share with us their best practices so that we can future-proof our business. Today, I'm really excited to have my dear friend, Amy Iron on the show to talk about live streaming, which is my all-time favorite topic live streaming changed my life, changed my business and uh, I just like love talking about live streaming. So really excited to have someone who are on the you know in the same club on the show to share about her journey as a live streamer and how live streaming has benefited and grown Amy's business to a new level. And uh, Amy is a live streaming expert, and she's the founder of Capitalize Social Media. And Amy and I were connected in person quite a few times at uh, different social media conferences. I absolutely love what she does in person and online. Amazing lady. So really excited for today's interview. And you are going to walk away from today's interview with a better understanding of live streaming, how to get started, what are some challenges that you have to overcome, what are the best tools that you can use to live stream and repurpose content, and even how to go live if you have never gone live before, and how to leverage live streaming as a way to generate more leads, to grow your business. So really excited, so make sure you stay for the entire interview. And as always, a big shout out to StreamYard for being a sponsor of Classroom Without Walls. Over the last four years, I have tried almost all the third-party tools. Yes, I want to, to go live on social media, StreamYard is definitely my favorite. In the comment section, there's a link for you to check out StreamYard for free for two weeks. Check it out and let me know if you have any questions. And we're live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitch. Let me know in the comment section where you are joining us live from social media wise and geographically speaking, without any further ado, Amy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: It's so nice to be here with you. And I'm just so excited to talk about my are both of our
0: most favorite topics live streaming, right? Yay, Katie. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Very, very excited. So share with us. So how long have you been a live streamer? And what inspired you to embrace live streaming in the first place? Definitely. Yes. So I started personally myself live
1: streaming in January of 2020. So it's only really been just a year personally. But leading up to that is the interesting part because I, even though I didn't always live stream myself, I was behind the scenes actually encouraging my clients to live stream and to create, I was helping them create strategies and helping them develop, you know, the plan and the schedule and the goal and all those things that are really essential for a live show. And, but I wasn't doing it myself. I was just helping them do it. And when I found out how incredible the results that they were getting were, and I was, you know, they were getting connected. One of my clients, she had been a life coach for 25 years. Through her Facebook live show consistently going live um, every week for about two months. She connected with someone in Atlanta, Georgia, that flew all the way to San Diego to work with her highest paying client ever. And I was like, okay, well, if she's getting those kind of results, I need to hop on the bandwagon (laughs) too and do it myself. I'm like, wait a second here. So that's when I started my show Coaches Go Social and really implemented the same strategies that had been successful for my clients.
0: Wow, that is so amazing. What, what a great story. I think I saw the story on your website. I love stories like that. Even just like my own journey. like this, like I wish I started earlier because really like this point, almost like two-thirds of my clients come from live streaming. So I'm really excited. And so here is a great comment from Katie, you know, and she wants to do this, but like doesn't know how to get started. I mean, what a great question, right? You are definitely in the right place. And we're definitely going to talk about like how to get started. So, uh, so share with us, uh, Amy, so how has, you know, even though you have only been live streaming for a year, but you have been encouraging your clients to do this. So how has finally come out to become a live streamer? How has doing like live streaming shows benefited your business? Yeah, definitely.
1: There's a couple of different ways. And I like to say that, you know, it benefits me, but I'm also creating and value for my audience, right? Just Mm -hmm. like you're doing right now is I like to see like, what value can I create to help other people? And there's so many different facets and so many different aspects of that. And the biggest thing that I see as a benefit personally, for me now is that I because people see my show, you know, I'm They show, they see me as an expert and as authority in, in video live streaming. And then they invite me onto their shows. They invite me into their groups and it's opened up this huge door of opportunity to be able to get exposed completely organically to other people's network and that kind of strategic partnership and those business relationships far supersede anything you know in social media those are the connections those are the relationships that you build that are you know almost immeasurable those are the things that really will pay off time and time again with those connections just like you know you and i met a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and we have this opportunity now we stay connected and i love watching your show and seeing all the amazing things that you're doing with classroom without walls, like those kind of things, those relationships is what business is built on. And I think that's what the doors that live streaming has opened for me. And of course, connecting my audience members to my the guests that I have to open up more doors for them as well
0: yeah totally i love this i can definitely like relate because you know as entrepreneurs and business owners we have to promote our business anyway and live streaming it is such a great way to promote your business without promoting as you mentioned because you are teaching you are sharing value the content itself is building trust is doing the marketing for us and that's why you know even though amy and i were just talking about this before we went live like how much work this involves, it is so worth it right So share with us on the other hand, what are some uh, challenges that you had to overcome to finally you know do the plug and the, like yes, I'm in I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going live. So if you remember, can you share with us some of the specific challenges that you had to overcome? Yeah,
1: it's a really good question. And um, a lot of people can probably relate to this uh, watching right now. But I, I actually was afraid to speak on stage and on camera, about two years ago this time. And I was, you know, I was getting, you know, locally, of course, when we could do speaking events locally, I was getting to Um, invited to talk on stage and talk about social media and give my tips and advice and all this. And I was like, so scared. I'm like, I just, you know, like, I got nervous and I got sweaty and my heart was racing. And I was like, what am I gonna say the wrong thing? And, and at that time, you know, it was right around the time that I was thinking about starting my own show. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm nervous about that, too. And then one day, literally, you know, and this is how it happens. You know, you think about how people, you know, make that leap to success. One day, I just decided, I'm like, I'm not going to be scared anymore. And I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to throw every resource out there to this particular goal to get past my fear of public speaking. And on video, it was everything. And, um, and I did it within about six months. And I'd say it doesn't have to take you that long. But the key is, is to make that decision. And that decision is do the results matter more? Or does my comfort level level matter more? And you have to look at, you know, as a business owner, okay, these results that I want to get are way more important than making me keeping myself in my comfort zone. And then when you get that balance, that's when you go, you just got to go for
0: it. No, yeah, that's, that's so true. I mean, I feel like everyone like kind of go through a similar journey. I mean, even for me a few years ago, even though I had been A teacher for so many years. The only thing I I feel like the only thing I was good at was talking, and uh, it still took me lots of courage to finally decide to embrace this live component, being in front of the camera. I when I look at my very first video live streaming from four years ago, I was like, oh oh my god, disaster! But I I I almost wanted to delete, but I never deleted it because I want to show the journey and from from where that to here definitely takes lots of courage and the practice. Yeah. Yeah. So here is a a great question from uh, Katie asking, you know, live live streaming versus podcasting, Uh, which one do you pray for? Great question. Yeah, I think that that's, you know,
1: reminds me of what you do with your show. I is that, you know, when, if you're on Facebook, the, the best, Quality content you can put out is live video, Facebook live is going to promote it more, it gets six times more engagement. And in fact, I just listened to a presentation through social media marketing workshops that was been going on this last couple of weeks um, from Mari Smith, and she presented an interesting stat that only 08 percent of content that's shared on Facebook is Facebook Live. So there is a gigantic opportunity for you to be streaming on Facebook and not being you know, not having that opportunity to be not very many, one of very few people, I should say, that's doing it. And the thing is, is if you look through your newsfeed and you see video after video, it makes it seem like there's a lot of people live streaming, mm-hmm. but that's only because Facebook is boosting that content because they want to boost that connection. And that's mm-hmm. where live video really creates that connection, that vulnerability, that that realness that you can connect at a real time. That's why you're seeing it. But if you started to live stream, your live streams are going to pop in there too. Uh, as far as podcasting, you know, having a live show just like you do, I, you can easily repurpose that into a podcast. So not only are you leveraging the fact that you're doing live video and boosting your content there, you're also giving that content, you know, a lot more life by putting that into a podcast. And you know, putting all the pieces together to make that happen. So you can really do both at the same time, which is what I recommend for sure. I don't do that personally, but it's definitely something in the back of my mind that I want to do. But if you're definitely considering a podcast, and you're already on Facebook, I would start out with
0: Facebook Live and then repurpose that into a podcast for sure to leverage both platforms i love that answer i mean i really don't have much to add i i so agree and even on like i was doing uh some research earlier regarding like content creation just like like we we feel like everyone is online but among the entire internet population only one percent is actually content creators and out of that one percent like 90 percent are lurkers 9% 9% are actually contributors, you know, commenting on other people's content. Like, only one person is a content creator. And out of that, one person, even fewer, as you mentioned, are actually embracing live video. So, I mean, it's an oasis, right? Like, the opportunity is huge. Everyone should definitely embrace and jump. I also love what you mentioned, Amy, you know, doing both. Like, for me, after the live video, I actually got the, the audio, and my amazing uh, assistant helps. Like, upload the audio into the podcast platform. And then you can even, like, actually, one of my questions about repurposing content. And if you want, you can also write a blog article, like, so many other ways. So, I want to uh, ask you, you mentioned, like, uh, Maurice Smith said that, like, going live on Facebook. Is there a difference between, like, like, you and I? I don't know if you do what I do, like, restreaming. Is there a difference between, like, restreaming to Facebook and LinkedIn different channels versus going live natively? Like on Facebook. Is there like more do you get more engagement if you are only like manually going live using the app, Facebook, for example? Is there any difference? Do you happen to know? I don't see I haven't done any
1: specific, mm-hmm. you know, metrics as far as like analyzing the difference between I you know, I use StreamYard, we talked about that. I like StreamYard because it creates that engagement mm-hmm. that you can bring the comments on the screen and have those conversations with those people um different than you can with Um, just live video by itself with that native platform in Facebook. I would imagine that obviously with more engagement using these platforms to create more and foster more engagement would definitely help. Um, So using these platforms and however you, you know, create that conversation is really what's going to create the engagement. I don't think necessarily the tool Mm -hmm. is as important as the the show, the
0: strategy and the conversations that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so here is, uh, so here's kind of a follow up question. We also have another great question from Richard going to ask in a second. Thank you for joining us live. So live stream, like on a personal profile or like in a small group? Yeah. So yeah, good question, Katie, I think, and feel free
1: to, I go ahead and answer these uh, too. Um, but I think that if you're having if you're live streaming on behalf of your business, I guess it kind of depends on what your what strategy that you're using. Um, Specifically, we're talking about live streaming for your business. I recommend live streaming from your business page, because that is the public platform that you're going to have, you know, everybody see your content for as much as possible anyways, um, versus your personal page. Um, But using like tools like StreamYard, you can then stream to both places at the same time or multiple places. You know, I are you're streaming to what, like six different locations at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but page or personal profile versus group, group is, you know, typically a more private Mm -hmm. conversation. So you're not going to get their reach like you would to new people potentially through that you would through the business page or the personal profile. So definitely keep as much as you can through um, your strategy, of course, by
0: reaching people organically through your public platforms. Yeah, definitely. I love that answer. And the same, I think for uh, for groups and if you are like have a membership site or like for private members, you can definitely choose only go live within the group and everyone feel like, oh, I'm so special. I'm the only one who is receiving this content. But like yeah. typically I just go live on all the, all the places. Yesterday was my very first time. Uh, being a guest on someone's uh, uh amazon live i was like wow what a blast so i actually just applied to go live on amazon so i can't wait to add amazon to my live streaming list i go live on my personal page and i also actually applied to go live on my uh, linkedin business page but i never got approved so i could only go live on my personal profile but like uh, amazon is another platform that i'm super excited about and uh to give it a try. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. It's going to be huge, yeah. So here's another really great comment and question from Richard. So he's saying that one huge problem with going live or advertising on Facebook seems to be that the audience is so immature and everybody just seems to want to bash you no matter what. How do you get around or over that? This doesn't seem to happen anywhere else near as much on YouTube or LinkedIn interesting question that is interesting I don't know if I've
1: I've seen that happen um personally as far as that is concerned but that's really unfortunate that 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 is happening um you know getting around getting around that, there's always, you know, different tactics to, you know, block and hide comments. But if it's happening a lot, and you're doing it on a large scale, you definitely have to have somebody in charge of making sure that you stay that keep that under control. Because that's, Mm. of course, that's, you know, part of what's reflecting your business. And you don't want that to inhibit the people that are there. Um, trying to take in the content and you know genet- they're engaging genuinely engaging you want to keep that conversation going so I think it's a matter of the fact that if if that's happening that you know there isn't a whole lot that you can do instead as you can to stay on top of it and make sure that you have someone you know looking out for for that to protect the integrity of your content
0: yeah I would also like to follow up on this I would love to know what type of content you are talking about Richard because I personally you know, like either people never discover me or something I, I i i never that never happened to me and i'm curious if the content we're talking about makes a difference and uh also i love what amy mentioned earlier right like i think like it doesn't matter like video or content if we are like offering value like teaching something i think people generally receive that better than if you are here selling something so i don't know yeah but that's a very very interesting observation. Haven't really experienced this myself. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, I need including on live audio on Facebook, like Clubhouse and Twitter space.
1: I need oh, like, is Facebook live- going to have live audio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard that it's it's in the works, you know, Facebook uh-huh. always likes to stay, you know, in the I heard of that from Mari too, that there's some something coming up the coming down the pipeline that Facebook wants to stay competitive, of course, and, and test out something similar. Um, and, and You know, it's I like to use each platform for what it's really you know intended for and what originally it was formed for, right? Like Clubhouse is great for those audio conversations, Mm -hmm. and then if everybody has audio on all the platforms, then you know what's what's the draw to then to Facebook and what makes Facebook different than you know Clubhouse. So. Long story short, I think that, you know, I'm sure Facebook is going to come up with some kind of competition to Clubhouse, but I think it's good there. And I think Facebook's great for video. I think that's what Facebook does best is bringing people together using video and groups. Those are the two things that I think Facebook does the best.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Sorry, it is so. Interesting that all the social media platforms are just copying each other as suppose to due to FOMO. right? I, I we, we we have that too, but I think what they do is that they should like try to innovate beyond what is already available. Like t- Twitter space. I don't know have you ever checked out Twitter Space, Amy? No, I haven't. It's just like it even looks like Clubhouse. I was like, what's <sighs> the like, what's the innovation? Like, just, like, different circles. You request to join a name. You just uh, listen, hear the audio. And, it was like, what's the difference? Like, what's the point? I, I just don't get it. I, I love how you mention you know, like, just be you, you know, like, build your own niche and just be, like, doing that. I love it. Yeah. And even, like, now we have stories on all the platforms. Like, seriously, who has the time to create, like, native stories for every single social media platform? Do you do it? No, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan
1: of copying content over to each platform because I really think that they need to be customized and have an individual strategy for each. But I am guilty of creating Instagram stories and sharing them to Facebook all day long because that, that saves me time. Number one, number two, I actually have two different audiences. It's even funny. Like yesterday, I put a, a story up on Instagram that was a poll I was, um, I had was in the bookstore trying to pick out my next book that I wanted to read. And it was a Simon Sinek book and uh, mm-hmm. The 4-Hour Work week, the two different books. And when I had posted this story, the story, the poll on my Instagram, everybody on Instagram preferred The 4-Hour Work Week. But then I posted that story, it copied over from Instagram to Facebook. And everyone on Facebook wanted me to pick the Simon Sinek book. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So you've mm-hmm. still got two different audiences there um, that you can reach, Uh, but that is really the only place that I would copy content you really want to have you know to be on a platform have the time to engage and not just be putting content left and right you gotta have a
0: strategy behind it for sure totally i mean like yes i think in theory we all know that right we'll talk about it have like but in reality if you don't have a huge team like you know garvey all those like big name content creators out there it is so hard i'm also guilty i'm even worse than you i I create uh, Instagram stories. I upload the same story to, to Facebook, to Twitter space, to Twitter, to Insta, to LinkedIn, exactly the same. Uh, I just feel like I wish and, uh, but I agree, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, going back to live streaming and uh, referring to uh, Katie's question earlier. And so you have, uh, you and I have both been doing this for some time, but for someone who's new to this, like how do they even get started? Let's get to the basic. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I actually have a, a little PDF guide on this, my beginner's guide to live streaming. But what I really found is that, hey, Sean, what I found is that there is, you know, there's this barrier for a lot of people to get very overwhelmed with the tech. And mm-hmm. it can, it can, it can be very, very overwhelming. You know, I, one of my good friends is Stephanie Liu, and she's all about the tech, and she knows all of the different tools and the newest, latest thing she's you know, she's so techie, she can figure it out in a heartbeat. And there's a lot of people out there that are, uh, you know, high end on the tech that can implement those things. But when it comes down to it, when it's just kind of you and me, and we're trying to create a strategy for our business, it's really important to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And that's why the beginner's guide to live streaming, I just basically like list out the software, the hardware, the lighting, the camera, what your background should look like, all the basics that you really need, because it can seem really overwhelming at first, or like, I gotta have all these things set up. But really, the first step is just to just to do it just to get past that kind of mental block that, you know, like, what if, what if, what if, once you jump in there and do it, you'll realize, oh, this is really cool. And then you can tweak little things along the way. So it's definitely just something to go for.
0: If you're thinking about it, that means you just you should do it. (laughs) I love it. I'm definitely the same. I'm like, Technology, I, I think in terms, of my overall strategy is like twenty percent, and uh, tech twenty percent, eighty percent. I spend more of my energy like finding people to come to my show and preparing, doing research and finding good questions, like you know, good interview questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, what equipment do you use? I
1: use my AirPods, which are mm-hmm. wireless. And um, you really have to kind of test to see what's the best setup for you, because I think the wireless ones for me work the best. But when you do that, sometimes you're because the microphone is there. You don't have the greatest actual microphone quality. So then you can get a microphone if you want to. Again, these are optional kind of things. You can go real simple with wired headphones and no microphone if you really wanted to. Um, But that's kind of what I've upgraded to over time is a Yeti microphone. And there's also ones that are less expensive that you don't have to go. Yeah, there you go. So there's ones that work. Which one do you use? The same? Oh, it is the same. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's an investment. If you're doing, especially if you're doing audio podcasts, you want to make sure that that audio is good for to be able to repurpose. So that's really important too. And then um, up till Gosh! Like two weeks ago, I had this LED light that I got from Best Buy a couple of years ago. That just stood on my uh, a tripod on my desk. That was perfect for what I used it for. Um, it was like a hundred bucks, like I said at Best Buy. And that's all I used. And I use the le- natural lighting. So that's the thing when you gotta figure out how to. A- specific place that you're going to plan on live streaming. That way you can set it up the way that you want to and then work with the lighting and things that are in place already to enhance the experience. So I don't need light all over the place. Um, I just need all, you know, different areas depending on the time of day and things like that, but I did just upgrade recently to a um, Wi-Fi enabled Elgato key light. That was kind of my little present to myself, but it's not necessary.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah, it like shows how simple this is, right? So for me, really simple. Like, this is my microphone, Yeti microphone. I really love it. I used to have a more expensive one, but my, my children and I have a cat, Both all of them are very active. It just destroyed it. I was like, what's the point? So this is really like affordable. I think it's like a hundred or something like between a hundred and $200. And I have a Logitech camera which I love makes me look younger and uh, prettier. I love it. And uh and this is my uh this is my uh ring light and which I have been using. Oh my god I don't I don't I don't I don't or, uh, oh, oh, oh oh what did I do? <laughs> Hold Uh-oh. on I accidentally pressed uh turn camera on, off. Can you still hear me, Amy? I can still hear you but I can't see you yeah hold on let me select yeah so that's the uh that's the room light i use it works like a miracle and that's like those three things are what i use on a daily basis i have been with me for quite a few years and uh it's just like so simple but i see others like you know you mentioned stephanie and who are really into the tag i have they have like so much more than us but like to me, I'm sell- I am now I think it also goes back to what is your business about, right? Like my business is not selling like equipment or like it's really more on the education side. So it works perfectly for me. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The tech less is more for sure. The less tech that you have, the less you have to worry about it <laughs> going bad or going wrong. Exactly. I agree.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely less is more in this case. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so here uh Richard said audio is critical without it. You just have like yes, exactly. Get the audio right and you then have a podcast too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, was- exactly. Yeah, I, I think I invest my audio audio first and the uh the camera I invest it later and the ring light also later. But for a long time I did what you did. I just live stream in front of my big window. Like the, the lighting is like so perfect. Yeah. And totally works. Yeah. So, besides the equipment side, and for people to get started, what else do they need to kind of understand, have in place before they decide, okay, I'm in, I'm going to start a live streaming show?
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm never one that's going to tell you, you know, go ahead and just go live. Go ahead and just press that Mm -hmm. button. Okay. All right. Go ahead and do it. And then you're like, oh, what do I say? What do I do? Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Get us to have a strategy. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to make sure that you have a consistent plan in place. Uh, again, so you can plan ahead and have that time to promote your show as well. And having on a regular basis, have it just like, you know, one of my favorite shows is Dancing with the Stars. I know it's on at eight o'clock on Mondays every, you know, not right now, but it will be soon. And I love that show. And I know it's on at eight o'clock every Monday. And so I'm going to show up. I don't need a reminder. I don't need anything, you know, to tell me that that's when the show is on. So when you do that for your audience, when you create a consistent schedule of the time and day that you're going to go live. So it keeps it really, really simple. I think and that's the basic is is the consistency creating that schedule that'll help make everything fall into place. Then of course you need your strategy. So why are you going live? Um, you know what is your plan? What is your goal? How do you get people to show up? What do you do afterwards? So it's like a whole a plan in place. Um, in fact, I just took uh, my first group course or my first group of students through my course capitalized with live and then went through all the way through the process and um, it's fun because it's just step by step and you get it all done from like the tech to the strategy to the promotion and um, it's fun to be in a little group like that so yeah it's there's
0: steps to the process but like I said we've you gotta just go for it I mean I love it I think the biggest mistake is like sometimes you know like with social media when you oh wow is going live I just like dive in I'm starting my live streaming show without understanding the strategy part I mean it's, it's definitely fun. you can do this but if you are running a business you, you just can't do that the very first year or maybe two years of my live streaming journey I, I was just doing that hey this is so fun let's do this i wasn't running a business and so i didn't get any money or like you know out of it but i really enjoyed it but now i leverage this as a tool to grow my business it is a completely different game it's a completely different game so i i love that is so so important i think if one can work with a coach like you that can say so much time and money i'm such an advocate of working with coaches could really save you like so much time so much money long term speaking and you just don't have to make the mistakes that we all made to get to where we are today so i love it yeah yeah and you mentioned um uh, briefly amy like talking about repurposing content i think that is like a common mistake that many people make you know they feel like oh a show after the show is over everything's over so how do you uh, repurpose co- a live content live video content
1: Yeah, I'm actually speaking at the social media pro event on the 18th that we're talking specifically about this topic. Mm. I'm gonna lay out my whole plan of what I do for my show. But the key is, is that yes, you're live streaming to engage your audience. And that's how you know, you work the the algorithm, you know, the famous Facebook puzzle that no one knows how it works in your favor, because they love live streaming They love engagement. So you start there. And then you keep that content going. Because number one, half the people are going to watch on live show, but there's another half that's going to watch it on the replay. So there's don't forget about that audience. But then you take that piece of content, you take that video and this is what I do is I um, embed it into a blog post into my website. Um, I take clips of it and I take video clips. I take graphics of, you know, great quotes from the show and I just add that into my strategy and it just keeps going and going because I'm in that case, I'm building uh, my authority, but I'm also sharing in that value and that input from my audience or from my guests that is going to help my audience. So you definitely want to have that plan in advance to use that to cover all of your bases of your social media if you want to put all of it all over linkedin and facebook and instagram and repurpose it like crazy go for it um that is definitely one way to leverage that content that you've spent so much time you know building that strategy of and then make it work for you so you're not creating you know that hamster wheel of content round and round
0: and round, trying to create from scratch all the time yeah i love that i love that yeah there are like so many ways, you know, for me, like I work on blog articles, like video clips, and you can even make cold images, like endless. So my, my favorite, I love how you mentioned Amy, like earlier, how important it is to really align our live video content with our business goals, like why you are even launching a show, right, for fun, or actually for growing a business. So now, like all of my shows have become my digital assets, especially for my Friday show, which focuses on education. Oh, my, my clients, my paying clients, they have been, they never joined me live, but they have been enjoying the replay. Sometimes I get a clip and they're like, wow, that is so powerful. And now I'm becoming more intentional. I don't know if you do this, like if I know this one person, could really benefit my clients. I would intentionally be inviting this person to my show. And my clients is like, oh, thank you, finally. So for me, I talk a lot about education and I have a stack of education parenting related books you know, I'm intentionally interviewing all the authors for those books. So I was like, Hey parents, this is the book. Here's my interview. And it's such a great way to build my authority for so like, Oh, I like, you are talking to all those authors. I really, really love it. Yeah. So I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's and really so, good idea. Yeah. So what are some like specific tools that you use for repurposing? I like, do you use any like tools, Share it with us. Yeah, my show Coaches Go
1: Social. That's on my page, Capitalized Social Media. That is where I live stream. I am actually sponsored. That show is sponsored by Wave Video, and not just because. I love them because I do it's because I use the tool almost exclusively for all of my video editing. So you can make little quick video clips. Um, I have my intro video that I created that way. Basically all the editing that I do is using the tool wave.video and uh, it just makes it really easy with all of the tools and things that you need. It can easily add captions automatically to your video. Uh, that's one of the new features that came out recently. So it's really an all encompassing tool that helps you with taking you know little clips of the video and just repurposing it um, in a really nice manner. So that's one of my favorite tools. Um, otherwise, I'd say that I leverage my my team to help me as well. So writing the blog articles and things like that to um, to do a lot of that for me. Can you
0: mention the name of the first tool again? I want to make sure I got it. Oh, wave video, wave video oh okay yeah so i didn't know that they also added the caption feature yeah it's really it's
1: auto captioning too so it recognizes automatically what you see in the clip
0: and wow uh, yeah it's so easy. it's almost like uh like iMovie or camp Stacia, whatever we use but this one will automatically generate so you can get a clip right out of the entire live video and then you can resize it you can add emojis different things and there's like uh auto captioning oh wow that's awesome yeah yeah exactly
1: that um i can add my the link that i have my affiliate link to you can use it for free to create 15 second clips just to play around with it Um, yeah and then that way yeah so that way you can uh, play and see what you like and then you can create instagram story videos that are 15 um, seconds long too yeah
0: and also oh yeah so thank you for sharing the guide. So I'm going to also share the gu- guide. Uh, Alexander, maybe you can share the guide in the private chat in different social media channels, so everyone can check out the, the social media beginner's guide and also on the link. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I used to yeah. use it. I need to go back to TechBidMail and refresh my my skills. Yeah, so like this is it one, the one you really uh, highly recommend, right? Great. Yeah. Here uh, it's a question that I missed earlier from Richard. And he said that he, uh, he ran a show for five months last year called Business Heroes Weekly uh, on YouTube. But it was just uh, as yeah, during the pandemic when the lockdown just happened. But then the audience vanished as everybody started streaming. And so now he's looking to start a new collaborative show. So I think this is a good question. So how do you maintain like this active community, right? Like showing up is one thing, but how do you build a community that they will continue to come back to support you to watch the show? So any any tips that you can share with us, Amy? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question, because that's part of why
1: you want to live stream right to create this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that do come back that see the value and in, in what you have to do and what you have to say and the value that you bring. Uh, what I did um, shortly after I created my live show was I created a Facebook group. And then that Facebook group is called the Consistent Content Club. Mm-hmm. So it's basically people that are interested in what I have to say and, you know, or coaches or service based entrepreneurs that are finding what I have to say valuable as well as my guests. I invite my guests and I invite the audience into that group so um, that way that we can all collaborate and really continue the conversation over there and then they look forward to you know mm-hmm. being able to see the next shows on you know the public platform but then can also connect and collaborate in that group environment together as well so it's really a good compliment from live streaming is, is having that group kind of conversation to convert to.
0: Yeah, I have a, a community to accompany the live content. I love that. I personally, I'm so bad at running communities. I tried so many times to create a Facebook group. I killed it every single time. It's just like, yeah, but I, I think this is such such a great idea. If you can do both, that can can really help maintain the momentum of the show. So how much uh, in advance, do you actually uh, announce and let your community uh, members know that, you know, those are the upcoming guests? So do you like how often uh, how much in advance do you inform them?
1: Yeah, I uh, at the bare minimum, you know, seven to ten days is when I create my Facebook event and start promoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I can get it up sooner than that, I will like um, by the end of February, how like both of my shows in March up and running. Um, as far as events go so people can mark their calendars and they can plan for it so um, it just depends on when um, when they, the guest is able to commit of course and how long in advance you can get all that going but the further that you can you know in advance that you can obviously not like three months in advance I think that's a little too far but you know like a couple weeks or so in advance that mm-hmm. you can kind of go because you you know creating a captivating title for people that are really interested and you know that hook that understands what's in it for them that's what going to get them to show up so the more notice that you can give them to show up the better
0: yeah i love that i mean i'm i'm so bad at this and this is something i i really really need to improve because my show is actually booked out until may so i i there's no excuse for me to not announcing like but right now i can just be honest with you i don't even know who is coming next week so I need to be better at actually like look at the calendar, you know, plan a little bit more and to look at and actually inform my audience ahead of time. Do you use something? So when you, uh, when you share a specific show, so do you like, do you just schedule all of them on Facebook or LinkedIn like all in advance so you can give them a specific link or you, you trust that your audience will actually put the event manually on their own calendar. So how do you approach this?
1: Yeah, I um, I start with the Facebook event because you can schedule that as long you know as far in advance as you mm-hmm. want. And then um, StreamYard lets you schedule your stream seven days in advance. So that's when I will schedule the StreamYard the week prior. And then when I do that, it gives you it posts on your page and gives you a link. And then that link allows you to you can create a specific link directly to that page for people to just show up and then I create a short link to that and promote that short link. But I saw that you use Eventable and I use that as well for other things, too. So it's just a matter of putting all the pieces together to make sure that people have it on their calendar to show up. So that's
0: definitely a great idea, too. Yeah, I I love using Eventable and uh, has really also helping me uh, been helping me grow my email list, just like from running the show, even though I'm not really like a good planner at all. Has already uh, given me like a few hundred people on my email list. just from the live streaming show, really powerful. Highly recommend everyone check it out. So what I do, what I should be doing is that I should be creating a, t- a link for at least for the for this month, right, March, so people can schedule. I'm going. You inspired me. I'm going to do this. If I'm not doing, I'm asking my assistant to do this. I to actually yes. create the link so people can actually check it out, complain uh, ahead of time. So thank you for the inspiration. Yeah. So here's a great question from, uh, from Mike. Thank you for joining us live. Uh, with the groups, what is the ideal size for some of his uh, stream events? And he has tried uh, panels by some five presenters and have had large numbers, like over 50 people and trying to strike that balance. Do you have any suggestions? Is there an ideal number for a Facebook group or maybe a LinkedIn group or these groups in general?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly with groups like I was mentioning how I use Facebook groups to create my community. So Mm -hmm. when I have a guest on my show and I have people that show up that watch, I will typically invite them into my Facebook group so I can continue that conversation, support them with their social media strategy and, you know, just talk about the show and things like that in the group. So just one way to leverage your live stream to, you know, because you're going to be on your live stream, for example, you're going to have the show. Everyone's going to show up, have a conversation. And then what's your call to action? Like, that's Mm -hmm. really the point, right? What are you trying to get them to do? Do you like with my guests, I have them share tips and tricks and things that based on their expertise, and then I have them, you know, make an offer like some kind of some service or something that they do that will also, you know, will help them and you know, if they're interested in this, this is how you can take it further with this person. And that's like one call to action too. But to be able to continue that community is bringing them into the Facebook group. I don't know if you also mean like for streams, as far as panels, um, I know for me, you know, I usually just have one guest like I is doing here to, um, to, you know, to have that conversation. Um, and then, but if you do have multiple people on a panel, it's a lot to coordinate if you have more than a couple people on there. So it's just a mad and it's not bad. I think it's just a matter of what your strategy is and how you organize it. And I think it could be great if you have multiple people on there at the same time. It just depends on what you're um, able to kind of make
0: happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes I find that it is challenging to schedule two people. Like I only imagine uh, like coordinated schedules of five people that can be allowed. And also sometimes I feel like when you have lots of people on the show who really love talking, you can just be stepping on each other's toes and just like lots of interruptions. It's really hard to, like I feel like in-person panels is a lot easier to moderate because somehow you can read like nonverbal cues but for online ones, sometimes can be like I don't know. Maybe I'm just not very skilled. It can be like challenging sometimes to to, to moderate everything and to be really good at reading the nonverbal cues. Who who is going to speak? Things like that. Definitely, it's a it's a different skill. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's definitely something you have to plan for, right? Knowing like if there's if everyone has like one question or like one topic that they have to they want to talk about, like identifying who that is and making sure the moderator you know,
0: does that, moderates it. Yeah, it's definitely a little trickier online for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So earlier we talked about, you know, the tools that you use for repurposing content. How about for live streaming itself? Like what do you use to go live? Any like tools that you use to go live? Um, I just use StreamYard. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I really like StreamYard because it's super, super easy. When I first started, you know, helping my clients live stream, I'm like, I need the simplest ones to be able to just get them to get online and and do it. And you know, you can do that through the um, you can live stream through Facebook through their. Um, their native tool, um, but you can't bring on guests unless you use a third party tool. And that's pretty much what I primarily do is bring guests on. And so that's why StreamYard makes it super easy. It's web based, you don't need any other technology. You just give them a little link and they pop right into the green room and then you hit live it's really simple and then you have a high def recording afterwards that not only are you streaming to multiple places you're also getting that uh, the great high quality repurposable co- video content um afterwards at streamyard then show the stores for you and then you can download it afterwards so it's a really nice feature
0: as well yeah i mean you're just speaking my language yeah i i love StreamYard so much it, it is like so easy to use i want to ask you like you you, you also have linkedin live but you are mainly talking about Facebook Live. So do you recommend personally? Do you prefer Facebook Live over LinkedIn Live? Or what's your recommendation?
1: Yeah, so I do stream my show on LinkedIn Live as well. But you know, as everyone may or may not know that not everyone can have access to LinkedIn Live, like you can have access to Facebook Live, um, you mm-hmm. have to apply for it, and you have to be approved for it. So mm-hmm. uh, but what the easiest way to get approved for LinkedIn, so that's why I talk about Facebook Live primarily first, because everyone can do Facebook Live. Not everybody can do LinkedIn Live. However, once you start streaming on Facebook Live, this is what I noticed, is that once you have consistently shown that you're providing valuable content and your show is of good quality, and that you can use that as an example to show them when you apply for LinkedIn Live, that's gonna give you the upper hand to get approved for LinkedIn Live. So one lends itself to an, the other, one, Facebook lends itself to LinkedIn. Then once you're um, like I said, once you're regularly streaming on Facebook, and you get access to LinkedIn Live, you can use StreamYard that we love so much. And you can then stream it to all of the places at the same time.
0: Yes. Yeah, I love to so much. And that's such a great tip. I mean, that's uh, really how I help some of my clients, even though they are not very active on LinkedIn. So start with like Facebook Live, and you can use that live streaming content to help you be approved by LinkedIn to have access to LinkedIn Live. So yeah, that's such a such a, a great tip of uh, lights. Yeah. And I love, hey Elizabeth, thank you for joining us. And audiogram is great for repurposing audio. Yeah, I haven't done much for repurposing audio content. Have you? I, I'm only repurposing my my video content. For my audio content, I don't even do much editing. I just like upload to, to Anchor and uh, distribute to different channels. How about you, Amy? Do you do much repurposing your audio content?
1: um i don't because you know the way the places that i am streaming are you know like facebook and linkedin and you know instagram and video content does the best on those platforms but Mm -hmm. audiograms are nice for you know because we have the facebook live we can repurpose into live video but if you are doing a podcast and not doing a live video, which if you're just joining us now, Elizabeth, you want to replay after this. At the beginning, we talked about live uh, Facebook Live repurposing into podcasts. But if you're starting with a podcast, then an audiogram is a really great way to be able to turn that into a video type content, uh, which again, wave.video is a really does a nice job of being able to do to help you do those as well. That um, that is Yeah, that is a great place to do it. So repurposing the video, if you have it first, that's the best way to go. But if you're just doing the podcast, repurposing that and using it for audiograms is a great idea, too. Yeah, I I definitely saw
0: those like video like video uh like videos of audios um on different social media platforms like you you, you can see the the waves of the the, the voice and the, yeah I love that very very good yeah yeah I personally what do you pray for Amy like if I could And also, you know, this is where my education background comes in, like what I learned, you know, for in terms of knowledge retention. So if you actually combine audio with visual, actually the knowledge uh, information uh, retention is a lot higher than if you are only listening to something. And that's kind of what I a big reason that I stopped listening to audible books, because like I just like it's very hard for me to return information for for deep learning purpose. I can enjoy the story. If it's a fiction, I have no problem enjoying it. But for for the sake of learning, I have to actually see it and hear it and take some notes at the same time. Because of that, I actually prefer to watch and listen, activate more senses. How about you? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm the same exact way. And when you were talking, it was making me think of Clubhouse, how I, mm-hmm.
1: you know, I started in Clubhouse at the beginning of December. Um, and got in kind of earlier and you know, I liked it for a little while and then I was like, I couldn't figure, I couldn't put my finger on it. Why can't mm-hmm. I engage as much on Clubhouse as I can on these videos and when I see faces and, and things like that, it's cause it is, it only engages, like you said, one of your senses and the more that you can engage, the more it's going and you from your background in education, I'm sure you have stats on this is, I would imagine the more senses that you engage, the more you're going to retain too and that's why i think i kind of had a
0: difficult time with clubhouse (laughs) yeah the same the same here the same here yeah definitely like clubhouse audible books i'm just like no i i just can't get much so really ideally the more senses you can activate the better you could return the knowledge looking hearing writing things down and feeling emotional about this that's really how you learn you know you want to activate uh, all the senses. Yeah. So what a great conversation to wrap this up and what as a live streamer, right? So even though right now it's March, I still want to ask you about your predictions. So what are some of your predictions for live streaming? Given that you like you have been attending and helping at this, uh, social media marketing event. So share some like predictions and trends uh, in terms of live streaming, you can share with us. Yeah, definitely. You know,
1: I, I've been to a lot of conferences and a lot of events over the last six years that I've been in social media and every single one mm-hmm. is, has always said video is the future. Video is the future. Video is the future. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and every year in the next, you know, that's just what every new platform that comes up, you know, it's some kind of video. So I'm surprised to see that Clubhouse is coming in. That's, awesome that you know they're kind of leveraging the audio but video you can the best thing you can do with content with your business and to harbor that connection to really build that trust um, is creating a strategy for your for video whether it's facebook live whether it's youtube however you go about it it's you're definitely ahead of the game and able to create those connections and that you know, that trust when you leverage video and integrate into, into your overall marketing strategy. That's the biggest thing I can say.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I know. So I think besides helping our businesses, because I see we have a few parents here. I feel like even like you mentioned earlier, right? You didn't really feel confident. but Doing this has really boosted your confidence. The same thing. And I heard so many students share with me because I uh, like uh, I work with every student to launch a uh, sometimes a podcast or sometimes a live show but it's so incredible to see how much more confident uh, how much better their public speaking skills has improved as a result of embracing especially video content so i think besides helping us you know as a marketer running our business but just as an individual you know personal or professional development live video Has helped me so much. My public speaking, my interview skills, like just improved so much. Did you notice the same thing for you, Amy?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like if you see the the intro of my
0: show I created in the
1: middle of last year, it's like a little clips of a bunch of interviews that I did. And you can like see the progression of, you know, how my background like morphs into it and how my lighting gets better and how the quality overall gets and you can see like the confidence level too. It's just incredible. So just taking that action and taking that step there, the doors will just open up so wide and you will just You know, it's hard to imagine not knowing what it could be and the possibilities. But you know, take it from me, take it from Dr. I that you know, if you're thinking about it, it's definitely something that you should move forward on, and just just leverage it and take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, awesome! What a great way to wrap this up. Thank you. So, do share with us. I have your website here. Like, where can people? You mentioned that you have a course or a few courses. So, share your course with us. Where can people learn more about you, from you? Social media handles, all the good
1: stuff yeah you pretty much can find me all over social media except for twitter i'm on facebook instagram linkedin amy Mm -hmm. iram um you can learn all about the programs and the services that i offer on my website capitalizesocialmedia.com awesome any parting piece of advice last word Oh, I just thank you for having me. It's just great to, to geek out, you know, on this live streaming topic because it's just so near and dear to my heart. And I'm just so impressed with the success that you've had. And I'm just glad to be alongside of you on this journey. It's entrepreneurship uh, journey.
0: Thank you. I always inspired by you. Thank you, Patty. And uh, yes, Elizabeth, I can't wait to see more of your video content. I, I think, you know, uh, in terms of consistency, the reason I launched this uh, live show Is because I know I'm going to be lazy if this is not public, if this is not live, I'm just going to procrastinate, just like everybody else. But once you really announce to the outside, you know, this is public, there's no excuse for you. Everybody's waiting for you. You have to show up. So I challenge you, my friend, I think you could do it. Put it, put yourself out there and uh, so everyone can hold you accountable. Yeah, thank you for joining us live. Yeah, thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us live on LinkedIn. And uh, what a great conversation. Thank you so much, uh, Amy, for sharing so much knowledge, insights, and tips with us regarding live streaming. And definitely check out her course and connect her with her on social media and check her out on her website. And thank you so much. And as I said earlier, I hope to see you again next week. I don't even know who's calling me, but I have another great guest. (laughs) And I hope to see you next Wednesday or Thursday for some of you, the same time, same location. And thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you again, Amy. Thanks. Bye everyone.